Welcome to the uh, Random Golf Club Radio Network. Here with our first episode, um, you know, you know Stuart Kerr um, from all sorts of videos. Primarily today, we're not going to talk about your hole in one, Stu, or your um, you know playing the old course with your pops. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something no one knows about, and uh, that's Iceland. Are you excited? I'm so excited to visit Iceland again. Mentally or physically or both? Well, both. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm in California. It's one of the hottest days of the year. Stuart, you're in Adelaide. It's the winter there. So what's the temperature there? Today is terrible. I couldn't believe when I got on the phone and you were telling me how hot it was in Los Angeles. It's probably about 16 degrees Celsius outside by the look out my window. So that's like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That's, that's, that's pretty chilly, right? It's not warm. It's not warm for Australia. They didn't tell me this on the immigration brochure. I'll tell you that, Eric. <laughs> thought Australia was sunshine all year round. <laughs> so Iceland, basically, to set the stage, we're just going to all be jumping around here. Um, you know, this is a podcast. There's also a video of this podcast available on our website, randomgolfclub.com where you can also look at really the reason why we're even doing this podcast is because for some reason, Stuart and I and Colt and David all went to Iceland. The reason is adventures in golf. But for some reason, we had other cameras with us that we never brought with us. And we made a series of videos that we've never made. And we brought them back. um, And we gave these little memory cards to Thomas and all of a sudden, Thomas made like cinema magic. And remember, Stuart, watching the first edit of these, well, really, they were the first vlogs we ever made. Do you remember that? I think the thing with it being the first kind of vlogs, that proper vlogs that you made, Eric, was where I, can't, I couldn't think of any trip that we've been on prior that would have been more fitting for the first vlog series than Iceland. You know, it was it's kind of meant to be. Uh, Colt joining us on that trip and shooting a bunch of kind of behind the scenes stuff just to see what would come of it. And you're right, what came of it was pure magic. Yeah, I mean, the origin was really interesting because like Colt had started off, you know, I hired him to act in a Vice commercial for me. And then we played golf. And then uh, I, I put up on Instagram, I said, I need an editor. Colt hit me up and he's like, I can edit. I'll be there right now, like midnight or something, you know. And so we started editing the, uh, actually we started editing the GOAT video uh, the goat caddy video for Seamus golf, which you, um, may or may not have seen on Jimmy Kimmel. And then, uh, and then Cole was like always telling me like, Oh, you should get into vlogs. You should make vlogs. Here's Casey Neistat. Here's all these other vloggers. And I was like, yeah, nah, man, I'm good. Like I'm a filmmaker, dude. Don't like, don't try to like, you know, I know what I'm doing. And you know, I think if there's anything, I I hope if there's anything that uh, people would say about me, it's that I'm quick to change my mind, which I mean, I hope that, you know what I mean? Like I just, I want to always sort of hear everything. And and Colt had a pretty good idea to make these vlogs. And so, um, you know, at the last second, right, Stu, he wasn't even going to come. And at the last second we were like, you know what, just roll with us. Remember? Yeah. 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 Well, I think it was, um, he had, said, oh, you got to check this, this, this while you're in Iceland. And he had done a bunch of research prior to. So we were obviously going there to shoot AIG. We had a pretty clear set idea of why we were going there and where we were going. 
and then Colt just presented all these ideas of check this, 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 and you were like, just come. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I think I think I had said something like, hey, Colt, spend a day on the things that we should check out while we're in Iceland, and the list that he came up with of things to check out was so good and so intense that I was like, you know what? Just get on a plane and bring that list with you, big guy, because we need yeah. you to interpret that <laughs> list now. We had like seven or eight days in Iceland, which is totally uh, unusual. Oh, it's completely unheard of for us what? to have that much time for shooting one episode. Usually we're like in and out, it's kind of a day or two. Sometimes we can shoot in a day, i.e. Yeah. standard Cooper PD and things like Co that. Cooper PD, we actually have a little, we try to set records, you know, we're like, how fast yeah. can we shoot this? <laughs> <laughs> but, but with Iceland, for some reason, we said, how slow can we go? Like, why were we there for seven or eight days? That makes no sense. <laughs> Such a great question. Because we had just come off of um, Buffalo and Michigan, where we spent a day or two in each. So we're only a day or two there, but then for some reason, Iceland is thought let's stay for the week yeah i mean it's not like we had like a no it's not like someone said hey here's a bunch of time just go on vacation i don't even know what it was it, it, it was i think it was it honestly the thing about iceland was it was i think what made it so magic and what comes out in the vlogs which you'll see if you stop listening to this podcast on the lawnmower and go to youtube or go to randomgolfclub.com, you'll see there's a series of four videos that we made there that I think internally have this like mythic value currently, right? Because it was the beginning of something. It was really, it predated all of the Scotland blogs. Those didn't exist. That, that was actually, the, we saw a test for the Iceland blogs that Thomas edited and then we all of a sudden got word that we were going to go to Scotland. So we just did the same exact thing. Um, but I think it was kind of this, this it, it was the beginning of the vlog life, um, which meant document everything and um, always have a pair, spare battery in your pocket. <laughs> but it was also kind of like, it was also the end of something too, because then it meant that every day we were always working. Do you, do you know, did you notice how uh, that changed our life? Yeah, there was no downtime whatsoever. Um, but just going back to like, you saying why we had a week in Iceland and whatnot, that again is just almost like it was meant to be. Like everything kind of happened so organically with Colt coming along. First time we shot the vlogs, it was the most epic destination in the world. And then everything really changed from there. Like you say, Scotland, there was no, usually it'd be you'd shoot adventures in golf and then we could chill and explore a city. Now it was like, let's roll with a camera and document this. Because it's interesting because not everyone gets to go and see these places. So it's like interesting for people to see the behind the scenes stuff and see what you're seeing through your eye, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that was probably one of the most, that, that was the big thing for us is like, oh, wow, we can hear, we can make a video about getting French fries at like sunrise and being excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> Cause that is part of the journey. Um, and it's really, you know, it, it, I actually, I look back right now and think about all of the adventures in golf episodes that we've filmed and how there's been no real catalog of what actually happened. I mean, we went to Nepal and uh, you saw a video where we go play a golf course. But what really happened was is 
we lost a drone. We thought we were going to be court-martialed and, and put to a firing squad. We got a hailstorm of biblical proportions, leeches. I mean, what, I mean, what else? Like, <laughs> oh, I can't even think. Did we get the cows walking through the streets? Did we get the... Um... Well, was that? I can't even remember. I mean, there's so many things, right? Like, it's just, it. oh, I mean, how about Kathmandu? Like, the gay bar, the gay karaoke bar in Kathmandu that we didn't even clock what it was until, like, <laughs> two hours in. <laughs> you know? And we're like, we're like, wow, everyone here is so nice. All well, the guys the here are so nice. Just on the dance floor, having a great time, two hours in, saying, like, hey, Eric, there's not a lot of women in this club. <laughs> But this guy's really friendly. <laughs> this guy, I mean, he said he'd give me a ride to the airport. Um, <laughs> so it's great. Anyway, you know, you think back on all these times that you wished we had done all that. And now, now we more or less do anything that's remotely interesting is captured on video. We've slowed down the vlogs a little bit, but, um, but that, that was the beginning of it all. You know, Iceland episode one. But not many countries in the world can you play golf at two o'clock in the morning. And when you're a golf addict, it's just another thing to tick off the list. You know, it's like, yeah, I teed it up at quarter past two a.m. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like it. They're, they're so does it take adjustment? I mean, dude, like living takes adjustment on this pattern. I mean, and, and we're kind of, I would do, we're, we're kind of like, um, we're kind of like golf experience junkies, you know, like it's like point break. Like I'm like, I want the next golf high. What is that? You know? Yeah. So we are the better. Yeah. We've played golf with a hundred people on one hole. We've, uh, you know, I've tried, I've hit 1500 balls on one tee to try to like make a hole in one manifest that and make it happen. Um, you know, we, we didn't, we played the old course, not just, with our friends, but we surprised one of them who grew up in Scotland and then his dad happened to be waiting on the tee. You know what I mean? It's like we, we just basically tried to cook up as much insane golf experience as possible. And so, yeah, I guess playing golf in the middle of the night in Iceland is, of course, of course you do that. You must, you must do that. And in fact, if you haven't done that, go do that and then come back and then we can talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's really, you, I, I don't know about you, Stu, but did you, did you feel like, as you look back on it now or even then, it's like, it's like, I felt like that scene in the movie where you're just really close to being as alive as you've ever been in your life. That's a great way to put it. <clears throat> um, that 2 a.m. tea time, leading up to that, is probably the most tired I've ever felt in my entire life. <laughs> and you can I get a glimpse of it in the video? That... All I wanted to do was sleep, but it was, I think it was like one o'clock in the morning and we're standing on the balcony of our Airbnb and it's, the sun has set, but it's not dark and it's coming back up again in an hour. And it was, we could be golfing right now. We could just go and play golf. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. You know, that's, oh, and it's right. It's like a sense of feeling alive. It almost felt naughty. It felt Felt like you were a school kid again, kind of like breaking into an abandoned building. It was like, oh, let's do it, you know? It was a rush and a thrill that you can't replicate too often in your life. So you just have to take the chance and go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to be fair, we were not allowed to go play golf at that hour. Uh, we, we did 
I think we trespassed. I think we jumped a fence. Well, they abandoned the building was the golf course. To be, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, we did look for an honesty box. We did look for some kind of sign of life. There was nothing there. No. I mean, I, yeah. It's not bad, even if it was wrong. I, I don't care. I was not, I'm not so much about that. But you're right. Yeah, the, uh, the feeling of like, who does this? Especially, I mean, you know, to set the stage a little bit, um, Stuart and I and David were coming from, we shot two episodes of Adventures in Golf already in two different locations, which is already pretty exhausting. We were in Charlevoix, Michigan, and we shot the Belvedere, the uh, Hickory Golf episode. And then we had to take a couple planes and went to um, Buffalo, New York, upstate New York, and played with... Uh, uh, Dick the Destroyer, which was park golf on his farm in the middle of uh, upstate New York. And then we caught probably one of the bumpier red eyes I've ever had from Boston to Reykjavik. And I mean, we were coming into Iceland, not hot. We were coming in pretty cold, pretty iced out. Uh, right, still? Oh, that just led that bit. That's going to set the tone for the week. Don't you think? We had no sleep leading up to that week, and then we had no sleep when we left. <laughs> it is an, it is, I don't know if anyone listening has ever been to a country where you have 24 hours of daylight. It is the most jarring thing that I've ever experienced. We, we done that, and then we done uh, Lefoutin, and we said, never again am I coming <laughs> to a country with 24 hours of daylight. Because if, if you are a bit of a adventure junkie and adrenaline junkie it's impossible to sleep because you could always be doing something you're kind of driving somewhere and you lose all track of time you're like oh yeah, yeah. we'll get done when we get there and it's one o'clock in the morning of course no restaurants are open yeah i'm like why are you closed it's like beautiful yeah. outside um but definitely getting to iceland and that was the first time i'd experienced 24 hours of daylight and Same. it's impossible to sleep because it's such a novelty Going back, said, why would why would you why would you be sleeping when you could be golfing? Yeah, what what must be wrong with your way of thinking if it's light out and you're asleep? Like that's how lazy are you? You know what I mean? But it really, but then we went to Norway. This was our second time. This was I think a year exactly a year later. Um, we were there on the longest day of the year, and it was, I mean, we were terrified. You know, it was like it was as though. Uh, like we were afraid of the midnight sun. I remember I brought an eye patch earplugs. I was like, I can't do it again. I can't. I lose myself in that in that midnight sun, man. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a don't get too close to the fire, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the o the only good thing is if you're jet lagged, there's always something to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you can find anything. Yeah, so so we landed and we all met up at Reykjavik Airport. It was frigid. Like, it was probably oh, low 50s. It was cold, yeah. And it was the middle of summer, too. Yeah, and it was gray as can be. Like, it was one of the grayest situations I've ever been in. Yeah. <laughs> it was so gray. It was so gray. <laughs> like, it was cold and gray, and I think you and I were still just like, this is sick, man. <laughs> We were so I pumped. Know, I don't know if I had that enthusiasm. <laughs> you, 
You were you were excited. So then, well, so then to paint. So then we go get the rental car, which we picked a. Um, there was all of this uh, stuff with the rental car. Like, do you remember, Stu? We were booking it, and it was like every rental said no off roading, and I was like, why is everyone freaking out about the off roading? I don't like. I'm not planning on going off roading. Cut to like four days later, we're driving up the face <laughs> of a mountain. <laughs> Like, like scary up, up the face of the mountain. Um, but like, you know, so, so whatever we rented the car and I had no idea, like, you know, when, before you go somewhere the first time, it's like the best, it's the best time in between going and arriving for the first time. It's, uh, I don't know, man, do you, don't you think Stu? It's like, it's, it's so exciting to be first looks at something that you've read about kind of. Here you are, you're never going to see it again for the first time, right? Yeah. You and I are really similar in that we love when you get to a place just exploring. You know, it's like there's no – like going and chilling on the holidays kind of cool, but I like to go to a place and then just go exploring. You're right because you see more things for the first time every time. And um, I use someone exactly that. Talking about that landing, when you fly over and you see golf courses – Every single golfer does it. You go, oh, there's a golf course. When you're driving the road and you're like, there's a golf course, you're always going, <laughs> looking, to, looking to one side and back to see what the hole looks like. And um, that was exactly what Iceland was like. There seemed to be a golf course every road. And again, you're exper- so you're landing and getting to your destination. All oh, this is a brand new experience. You had no idea there was a golf course between the airport and your Airbnb. No, we, we landed at like 6 a.m. And we knew that we were too early to check into the Airbnb. So we were like, cool, well, we'll just drive into town. We didn't even get to town because we passed one patch of grass on a volcanic rock bed. And we were like, grass, right? We pulled in and we were like, golf course, not open. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, that was one of the craziest golf courses I have ever seen. To kind of paint a picture, it was laid out. Well, the, the two nines were different, weren't they? So the front nine, or was it the back nine? I can't, one of the nines. I think we only laid. played the, I can't remember. We played one of the nines. I think, I, think yeah. I thought we played the back. I've never seen, yeah, you might be right. You've never seen a more polar opposite set of nines in your entire life to like make one golf course. Wouldn't you agree? The, the back nine that we played was like super lengthy. It was right along the coast, um, kind of wide open fairways, undulating greens, pot bunkers. And then the front nine you looked out and it was in the bed of volcanic rock. It was just cut through rock. And like, I can't even, I don't even know how you would describe it. It looked like the moon. Yeah, it, it was, it was super weird. One was felt like a Hawaiian resort with volcanic rocks and the other just felt like grass on a hill and all the <laughs> holes like played over. It was really bizarre. Yeah. So we played nine there and we had like a great breakfast that, the, the, and that was really our first taste of what the food situation in Iceland was going to be. It, it was a rule that everywhere we went, the food was two things, psycho expensive and really, really, really good. Even at the gas station, remember? Like, we went to that gas station and it was like gourmet. Yeah, I know. I had no idea what to expect 
I don't really know what to expect in general from Iceland, but with the food, I was like, what is this going to be like, man? Yeah, I thought this it was going to be like so bane. isolated. It's going to be, yeah, I thought I was going to just be eating like smoked cod for a yeah, week. But, yeah, you think it's going to be just like Russian. I don't know. You don't know anything. Like Russians aren't really, you know, it's like pierogies with like brown or gray sauce, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the food was unbelievable. Do you remember, I think you'd, uh, it was the one pro shop I've ever been in that you could buy vice balls. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. They were illegally selling vice balls. That's true. They were like, you're the vice guy. And they had, that's a Russian accent. I don't know why I did that. And then, and they were selling vice balls. And I was like, I like how I looked at it. And I was like, are they, I don't know if they're allowed to do that. Like the whole point of vice balls is they don't go in the pro shop, but Hey, whatever. We're in Iceland, man. You guys do you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm tracking them down. No, it didn't seem like the busiest place that's the interesting thing too. I think Iceland really in general, we've got a large population of, uh, no, a, a small population with a lot of people that actually play golf, a high number per capita, right? Well, I think it's the, the actual golf course to person is the highest per capita in the world anywhere. No if way. That isn't a, that, yeah, I'm pretty sure. If that isn't your slogan, make yourself a golf destination i don't know what is they have more golf courses per yeah more golf courses per head than anywhere else in the world i mean that just means I mean, we, should that, we should I'm move there we should be pretty sure that's all it means is you won't really struggle to get a tea time and you can play for 24 hours a day so you're always going to get a tea time that's a good point yeah <laughs> yeah it is really strange that and and really everywhere we went we found the golf to be just so fantastic. But first, so let's get into um, Reykjavik, right? I mean, Reykjavik's been talked about. I mean, can we, how, how, how real can we get about our time in Reykjavik too? We, we had a couple different versions of experience in Reykjavik. Should we talk about the nightlife in Reykjavik? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what so I was wondering night, if we are going to go. I think um, the first night we got in there, it was a Friday night or something. It was like a, it was a weekend night, maybe, and we were out and about till about twelve thirty one in the morning, like checking out some of the pubs. And again, the drink as well as the food is super duper expensive. Psycho. So it's about twelve o'clock or one in the morning. There's no one out, and they're like, "What is going on with this place?" You know, there was no one out. So we just went back to the Airbnb. That might have been the day actually we went and played two a.m. golf. But then as Our the first week night. On, yeah. But then as the week went on, someone says, Oh no, you don't want to go out in Reykjavik until three or four in the morning. And yeah, you were that's like, right. What on earth are you talking about? They said, Well, no one can afford to go out and drink from ten or eleven and party all night. So they all just drink at home and then they go out at like three in the morning. The place starts to liven up. That's when the time to go out is. So then we were like, oh, okay. So I think it might have been our last night. We were in the middle of Reykjavik at three o'clock in the morning. So it was dead quiet, super quiet at one o'clock, two o'clock, and then three o'clock, just like an army of taxis show up and a bunch of drink, uh, drunk Icelandicers just like start falling out of their taxis and, <laughs> and yeah. then start hitting up the clubs. And it just yeah. turned into bedlam. It was crazy. Yeah, every club had a line outside. Everyone was smoking. People were drinking in the street. I remember 
there was more than anywhere else I've ever been in my life, more women coming up to me and us as a group that would just be like, where are you guys from? What are you up to? What's going on? Well, who are, what are you doing? You know? And I was like, I'm what? Why was this a trick? Why am I being tricked? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, but like, it was just like people hanging out and talking all the streets. Did they turn into like walking streets at that hour? I feel like it was much like a park. It felt like that. It was like they closed off all cars down the main street. And yeah. everyone just hung out in the streets. Like you say, everyone was drinking, smoking, having a good time, interacting with people. It was such a happy vibe. It really was. And I think, you know, that, you know, Reykjavik is, I don't know how many people live in Reykjavik. Not that many. 300,000 maybe? I think it's, I think it's 150. Like 100, 170 or something. Man, see, I, I want to go back there. You know, it's just, it, there's something really great about that city and it's reflected as you go out into the other areas of the country because everyone is just sort of happy. Um, they're doing their thing. They're working on, you know, what they love. And there's a sense of community. Um, oh, we met um, Edwin in Iceland there in the beginning. Can, can you, uh, do you remember those circumstances too? Yeah. He's one of the, Edwin still to this day is one of the most um, interesting articulate men I've ever met in my life he's like I think we went for dinner with him and we all left just unbelievably impressed with the guy weren't we Um, yeah he met us he met I oh I remember I think here's what happened is he came to meet us for dinner on day one or two kind of so we'd already played midnight golf and we I remember being really tired and it was raining and we were yeah. going to go meet him in the evening. I remember being like, whoa, man, I'm so tired. Let's just get this shoot out of the way. You know, like I'm pretty tired. We've, we've really pressed our luck on the lack of sleep train. And this is kind of, you know, we need to watch out for getting a cold, getting sick. But we go to dinner with the guy. And I mean, he's just so like, so fascinating and you know we just we just filmed with him a bunch and then basically it was such a good interview that we did for adventures in golf i said yo why don't we bring the mic over tomorrow morning to your office and let's do a full podcast and that was that was really the beginning of kind of bringing the podcast gear on the road so we went over there and did a a podcast with edwin and then um did he come up and meet us at the course at all he didn't, but he set us up at a few of the courses. Yeah, he set but us up at our first course. The, yeah, both Browterholt and he designed. So obviously you've had Edwin on the podcast a couple of times. Edwin rolled. Um, and he's one of the, from my experience of people we've met in the golf world, uh, he is one of the most interesting minds in golf. Even when we went to the USGA thing that Edwin spoke at as well, his ideas for golf or just the way that he thinks about the game and um, his course designs are just on another level, I think. Um, I think he's an amazing guy, Edwin. Yeah, so I think actually spend some time with him. the next time we saw Edwin was in Japan um, for that USGA Summit and he was talking about the future of the game of golf. And here we had seen his work in Iceland, which consisted of a 12-hole course. And when we asked the people at the 12-hole course if they were going to add some holes, they said, yeah, maybe, you know, we'll see. Well, that's his thing, isn't it? And which is, because I think 
how many courses has he designed in Iceland? Like a bunch. And I think Edwin's whole philosophy is if you have land where you could make 13 incredible golf holes, why would you sacrifice those golf holes to make 18 just for the sake of making 18 holes? And that goes back to when they built the old course. Was the old course originally 22 holes or 20 holes? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was 20. 20. Yeah, Presswick 12. or something. Yeah, and, uh, and then old Tom was just like, well, we've got 18. We've got 18 great holes as opposed to 20 or 22 good holes, you know? Yeah, I don't that, – that is annoying. It's like, you know, I don't know. Why, why. It's, golf is such a creative thing. Why, why can't it – live outside of some framework of what we think it has to be. I mean, obviously we're working towards this and, and everybody is 18's too many. Nine's not enough. Like 12 is good. I'm into 12. Um, Me too. All right. Hitting you up at the ad break here. I got a couple to run through Jones golf bags. Y'all made in Portland. These bags are, uh, to go back to the 70s you're going to recognize these if you're older and if you're not you're going to be like those look retro they're awesome well they are awesome and they're also wonderfully priced they also have some random golf club bags uh we are getting a new bag up and running so check back on the website for that we're currently sold out of all the current bags that we have through jones um, but stay tuned. You can sign up for the mailing list at randomgolfclub.com or head over to Jones Golf Bags. Follow them on Instagram, Jones underscore sports underscore co. They make the best bags in the biz. They've got dual straps, single straps. They probably have a triple strap. They've got stand bags. Um, they my One of the best is I like the original bag. I like the player series. I also like the Ranger or the Rover. One of the two. Either way, I love that bag. And I love the guys that make up Jones. Very proud to welcome a new sponsor to the Random Golf Club universe, that's Whoop. You may have seen me wearing a, quote, watch on my right wrist. That's not a watch. It's a Whoop strap, W-H-O-O-P, and they're offering uh, a discount. I don't quite know what it is. It could be 15%. I don't know. It's pro- It could be more uh, if you use the code E-A-L. And um, my experience with this wonderful device, this wearable technology, is that it helps me get better sleep. It helps me understand the strain that I'm going through throughout the day, whether I'm you know, on the bike, it connects to my Peloton, or whether I'm just walking 18 holes of golf, which, by the way, actually is pretty strenuous. I didn't really realize that's why I need a nap in the middle of the day, folks, if I play a 6 a.m. round. Um, but definitely go check it out. They've obviously, you probably heard the news that they gave one out to every PGA Tour player because it actually has been proven to help identify um, you know, subtle, I guess, biometric changes in your body that could lead to uh, early um, uh, detection of COVID. So, you know, a lot of reasons to try this thing. A lot of athletes have been loving it, obviously, Rory and Justin Thomas. So check that out. All right, folks. Features. Here's the story. F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Want to get that out of the way, folks. It's, It's not feature films. It's not... I don't know what else it would be, but it's features. Anyway... Uh, here's the deal with the features. I put them on my feet and I feel pretty much faster. I've done nothing. I've changed nothing. I've actually just put on a pair of socks and somehow I have obtained higher levels of speed. Um, anyway, it can make a huge difference. Runners obviously are psycho about sock choices. 
or so I've been told. I, you know, I hear it. I hear it in the locker rooms. I hear it around runners in their socks. I mean, it's like, whoa. I mean, it's like a golfer's grip, right? This is a feature's feet. Boom. Whoa, that just happened. Anyway, um, these socks keep your feet cool, dry, and blister-free while providing a custom-like fit that won't bunch a slip during the backswing. God, I mean, you know what? That's the last thing I need is something else to blame my bad shot on. Um, anyway, they've engineered a stock with targeted a sock, not a stock. It's not an IPO. <laughs> targeted compression, anatomical design, and moisture wicking material for unsurpassed performance. I do, um, I actually wear my features on special occasions. I'm kind of like a, I put, I put the features on for like a night out. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, anyway, I do, I do love them. I do love the way they snuggle my friggle, friggle, friggle feet. Um, anyway, you're going to get $10 off your first pair when you use the code Eric, E-R-I-K, at features.com. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. Promo code Eric for $10 off your first pair. Um, that pair will be guaranteed for life. Guaranteed for life. Features are so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no cues, aid, no questions asked, FYI. Features is, highly, is a proudly family-owned business uh, down there in uh, North Carolina. We all know that. That's old news. But uh, anyway, check out Hugh and uh, and uh, his sons, Joe and John, to, uh, you know, and they're working on their mission to create products to help you achieve your personal best, primarily focused on your feet. I was about to say something about and your 10 toes, but you know, honestly, then I was like, maybe you don't have 10 toes. And I was like, I don't want to make anyone feel bad if they only have nine. Or maybe you've got 11. This one goes to 11. Anyway, <laughs> features.com, promo code Eric. Get your socks. If you, if you don't like them, honestly, that's on you because they're saying they'll give, you, they'll give you as much as you need to like them. And the truth is, I honestly don't know how you wouldn't like these socks. Like I said, I've put them on. I don't I don't see there's a world where you're like, this is not the perfect sock. So, you know, hey, prove me wrong. TaylorMade, folks. TaylorMade is a family and it's a team. They've been so generous with their staff players for the Ace Cam videos for us. And obviously the sim driver has changed my life. I can now I can drive the ball seven thousand yards and it actually it hits me in the in the butt. It goes so far. Um, but definitely check out all of the things from TaylorMade. I love those guys. Vice, Vice, Vice. It's a golf ball. It's got style. It's got class. But even more importantly, it performs as good as the top performing balls for half the price. So check out the Vice commercials. You may have seen those. I don't know if you have. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Um, we've got a random golf club ball coming out very soon. They're on a truck. I think we have, there's so many balls that they're bringing them in. I don't even know how they bring them in. They're probably not on a plane because it would weigh the plane down. I don't even know. Check up randomgolfclub.com for the vice balls coming up. Precision Pro. Also big news for Precision Pro coming soon. You've heard me talk about it. I think I can definitively say we're going to be launching this in the middle of August. The Random Golf Club Precision Pro Rangefinder comes with free battery replacement for life. It's got a magnet on it. We're going to get the NX9 with the RGC branding. And then all of the other rangefinders they make are wonderful. It's a wonderful family operation up there in Cincinnati. Great crew. Um, and then we have um, standby. All right. Now I realize why I was stumbling is because I didn't have what I needed to have to tell you about keeps, folks. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? 
The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. That's the key. They didn't underline that, but I'm underlining it for you. Get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines, not fun during COVID, and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Quite possible. Prevention is key. Keeps keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results, so it's important to act fast. Literally, press pause and get this. Uh, The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. You're not even saving money. You're saving hairs. We're splitting hairs here, folks. Okay, sorry. I know stop. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men. trust That's a that's an army. That's an army, folks. 100,000 hairy men, by the way. They're hairy for sure. Um, Keeps, Keeps, Snowball. Snowball, you have enough hair. Relax. He's hypoallergenic, so he doesn't even lose it. It's like, come on, man. It's an embarrassment of riches over there, Snowball. It's all white. I know. But you, you were born with white hair. Okay, moving on. Keeps uh, their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments starts at just $10 per month. Plus, $10 a month? That's a good deal. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Required talking points. This is written in red. Use your talking points what to guide the narrative, but to put it in your own words. Whoops, too late for that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I think we're good. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash Anders. That's my name, folks. That's how you get a discount. If you're ready to take action, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Anders to receive your first month of treatment free. That's 10 bucks off, y'all. If they, if you do it for a year, that's 8%. Quick math. Uh, K-E-E-P-S.com slash Anders. Um, Uh, uh, Oh, we do keep customer before and after photos. That's cool. Those are online. You can go look at customer before and after photos. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash Anders. Bunch of other stuff that they told me not to do. Pretty sure I didn't do it. Anyway, much love to y'all. Check out Keeps.com and check out all of our other partners that support RandomGolfClub.com and go to RandomGolfClub.com to check out stories, merch, community, and more. Membership coming soon. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So, Broucher Holt was – so, we played – we played um, – we played um, – k- 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 Kjartold Actually, you'll find it was Caleb Golf Clubber. Yeah, Caleb Golf Clubber. And that was the first one we played. That was the two Polar Nines. Yeah, the two Polar Nines. And then the 2 a.m. was uh, Sejanis. Yeah, also known as Ness. Ness, which is um, a little peninsula that's it's just this tiny little plot of land is like one road in one road out and they almost just says what can we do with that let's just bang a nine hole golf course on there um, yeah, perfect it just example. Looks, it looks around it looks around the um 
it's, I try to think how you can describe it. It's like a road out, and it's almost like a little bulb on the end of the road, and they just loop the golf course around the bulb, and then you just drive out, and there's yeah. nothing else in there bar the golf course. What an incredible day! I mean, it's it it. We could talk about it a little bit on the podcast, like making the decision, packing the car, getting in the car at one thirty in the morning, going to play golf, getting attacked by birds. Um, but there really isn't any description better than the video that we made. Oh, exactly, exactly. Those, I mean, you'll see how crazy those birds are in the video. Arctic <laughs> terms. Do you know, that's, I actually think that's the same logo they have at Brora. Oh, is that the same bird? An, Ar- an Arctic term? I think so. Um, and Terry. But yeah, so, right, let's get, let's talk about Browterhope, the 12th hole that Edwin designed. That was the next day as we started to head north to where you were playing in the uh, midnight yeah, so so we woke up on the official day one. So di- so day zero, we landed at six a.m. We went around uh, Reykjavik. We thought we were going to go have some nightlife. We bought some fries that were like thirty dollars, and um, we bought a um, we whatever we 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 clicked around. Then we played midnight golf. Then we went to sleep. Woke up, did a podcast with Edwin the next day. We got coffee at Reykjavik Roasters. Man, what a spot! Mm-hmm. What a cool spot in the middle of the square. Oh, man, I would I love to go there right now. The, uh, I remember we were standing in the doorway, and that guy got really annoyed with us from nowhere. <laughs> he started becoming really aggressive, and uh, he was like, and the thing that came out of his mouth, he was like, oh, he's like, Americans are the worst. And I was like, well, that's me in the clear. I was like, I yeah. agree. Americans are the worst. Um and then, do you remember he said, Americans are the worst and had this whole tirade about American tourists. And then we said, where are you from? And he said, New York. <laughs> it was so weird. He, he was a self-hating American. He was American? Yeah. He was telling us how bad American tourists were because he'd lived in Iceland for two and a half weeks. And, and then we thought he was with his girlfriend, so we didn't want to make him feel bad. Turns out she was just some, like... Poor, uh, you know, uh, not poor financially, but just sort of unlucky girl who was stuck with him because she was airbnb his house. And he, I guess he'd like taken her emotional hostage through Reykjavik. I mean, anyway, <laughs> so be careful there, folks, on, on you know, your accommodations. But, but Reykjavik Roasters Ooh. was the coolest spot. That was a coolest little coffee shop. Yeah, so we went over there, had a great little morning time, and then we and then we packed up and bailed. We left Reykjavik behind in search of the rest of Iceland. So so our our journey went out. In, in the end, it would go all the way to pretty much as north as you can get in the country and the landmass of Iceland. But our first stop was about 30 minutes out of town at this little course called Brauterholt, where you could see Reykjavik from most of the holes and i mean this place is like i mean what is it even like Stu? it's like bandon meets pebble meets some hawaiian spot meets nine holes i mean i don't even understand how good it was it's one of the most dramatic golf courses i've ever been on i think yeah everyone says like the best o- the best open tee shot in golf and everything obviously macrahanish places like that opening holes in golf what's the best opening hole in golf that is one of the craziest opening holes in golf I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like a remember? par four. It's like a par four kind of like three wood works, water right, 
then you land on some fairway that's like 20 feet above the sea and then you've got an elevated green that you play to that's like kind of uh feels like eight at a gust at pebble and um yeah i mean it's just like if you can actually hit the ball at, in the face of all of this beauty and like incredible um you know puzzling nature i mean that's and edwin did that you know at a couple times at the courses we played yeah the first hole was nuts and that, like you say, eight at pebbles kind of the best way to describe it, except the green. So your second shot, eight at pebble, when you're hitting up, that was the elevation change. But the yeah. green was on a cliff edge. Yes. And it was like, the, and it was built almost into the rock behind. There was, so the, the left-hand side of the green was all the rock face. Yes. And in the end, we would fall into the ocean. Oh, and do you remember where the second tee was? The second tee? The oh, second it, was tee. Mile, it was miles from there. But you mean the second whole tee box? Yeah, the second tee box was like a 12-minute walk from the first green. It was intense. Yeah, I mean, and it was like straight uphill. And then you got to the second tee and you looked back and you were like... <sighs> <laughs> like it was That's so, so true. Intense. It was so true. Then, I was thinking then, you could have got another three holes in here, Edwin. <laughs> But what's great about the second hole too is that like the second hole was like a whole new world. Like it was nothing that you had seen on the first hole. The first hole was insane and incredible, but we didn't even come back to that until like nine or eight or like some like yeah, number nine. Yeah, the whole nine, course yeah. was on this other side that was also incredible. Again, it's like a little peninsula just hanging off the side of the yeah of Iceland. They just, they just see these little peninsulas and they go, let's just put a golf course there. The, the only thing I think that Brauterholt and some of these courses in Iceland struggle with is drainage, right? They, they don't have the sandy soil that they do in Scotland. This is like volcanic rock and mm-hmm. it's like some dirt. So like, I'm sure that I would love to go back there and know a little bit more about this stuff. But I mean, I don't think... You know, I was never thinking about it. I never thought about it then, um, right? The only time that we really noticed was uh, when we went up to Seaglow, and that was just a new course, so it was taking some time to kind of, excuse me, kind of bed in. Um, but with Browder Holton Place that, I never really thought about it whatsoever. It's amazing how well they do to maintain those places when the so, winter time is so harsh. Yeah, they basically shut down. So, so yeah, we go to Brautherholt and of course we like, don't want to leave. We have the most beautiful day. It's, it's perfect blue skies. There's people all over the golf course, women, children, old men, young men, everyone's just having a great time. And, um, we, 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 uh, we finally realize we have to leave cause we have, I think we have like a five or a seven hour drive ahead of us or something kind of yeah. that turned, it turned into like a 20 hour drive, of course. But on our way out of Browserhold, we stopped. Uh, we we delayed the exit in order to meet with the um, the GM, sweetest guy ever. Um, uh, told us all about the course and the membership, and then we had some. Do you remember the, what we had? The soup there, the tomato soup. The best, the best soup I've ever had in my life. I mean, still dream about it. To be fair, Stuart does need to tell you a joke right now with um, Richard Pryor about. Or no, it's Eddie Murphy. When you stop it, when you stop it, it wasn't like that. It was good. Somebody throws you a cracker. 
That's the best crack I had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the soup, the soup though. I think it was the whole, it was one of those moments again. We had a very, very similar experience in Nepal with the coffee. And it was more about the setting, but the soup. So basically they have a chef that come in. They have no kitchen. They have a chef that brings in a pot of soup every single day and a few loaves of crusty bread for all the members to enjoy. And then you sit in this patio and you're just, you're looking out to the ocean and you're looking at this first hole that is just, um, it's one of the best patios I've ever sat on. And it was freezing cold, like we say, middle of summertime, but we got off the course and it was freezing cold and we just all sat in a nice warm bowl of soup looking out at this. It just felt extreme. Didn't it just feel really extreme when you think back on it, Stu? Everything was extreme. Everything in Iceland was extreme. From the landscape to the golf, to the food, to the price of the food, yeah, to the to the twenty four hours of daylight, it's extreme. It's an extreme destination. So fun. So so then we leave Braunschweig and we head over to. Um, we basically are driving to Siglo. Mm-hmm. And I think it on the map it might say. I'm curious to know actually. What, I how think long? It's four. Four and a half hours, I believe. Four and a half, I'll trust what, you. Was what the map said. Yeah, and I mean, um, we didn't get into that place, and it took us like 12 hours. It was a solid drive. <laughs> we just couldn't stop. We stopped at every golf course we saw, which was only one. Was it even a golf course? It looked like some guy's backyard <laughs> that it just built a few holes. Didn't we think at one point we saw a dead body on that course? Like, weren't we like... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> we thought, no, we thought... <laughs> It's like Goonies, dude. <laughs> we, were going, we were looking at it. There was the van in the middle of the road. We're going, what is that guy doing at his van? Yeah. Was, we're like, he's not moving. Is he dead? And it, and it turned out it wasn't even a human being whatsoever. It was like a sweatshirt that looked like a yeah. person. It was like we were already being like affected by these like Stephen King elements of isolation, you know, like yeah. lack of sun, lack of sleep, lack of food and just in social interaction. We were like, is that what's that? Who's that? Is that? Yeah. Whoever like we're in the Bermuda Triangle. Do you remember the drive through kind of the, when, the, when we weren't at the coastal bit and you were driving through almost the middle of the country? Yeah. And it was just waterfalls and lakes and bridges and and you were just like what even is this place it's like something out of the land before time or something totally it was jurassic park everything i mean it's remember when we pulled over and um we wanted a drone really quick and then we like found a pack of like wild stallions that just were like hey we're gonna ride over here with no humans in slow motion at the most beautiful time of day, all in one group. Um, are you ready to go? Cool, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna shoot this right now. Shit and shoot it in slow mo because my mane looks tremendous today. <laughs> also, apparently, we found out Iceland is um, famous for exporting a Shetland pony. Is that true? Is it a Shetland pony? Well, I think those horses were Icelandic horses only. Yeah, once I think a pony they were like in a really Iceland. exclusive. Yeah, they could never come back. Yeah, it was like an exclusive club. Yeah, club. it was like so, it was like going to like a really cool nightclub, and the bouncer goes, "Not today, mate. Not tonight, mate." 
that's what it was like for the horses in Iceland. Like a, just a regular horse shows up and they just go, no, night, big man. Yeah. Come back, uh, come back in a week. Let me see those hooves. Not yeah. I'm going to make it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you remember we went to the World Cup game? At the, the Iceland was in the World Cup. And yeah, we went to the game. A, and it was in like a boating shed. Yeah, it, it ended. We were, well, we had to go play golf. And while we were going to play golf, everyone was leaving, like who worked there and everything. And we were like, where are they going? And they're like, they're going to go watch the World Cup. And we were, we said, okay, well, the World Cup. yeah, we'll go after. And then we made it too late. They had already lost. But the drive up to Siglo again, you just lose track of time. And that was when you're thinking, oh, we'll get something to eat. The next town we arrive at, we'll get something to eat. But by this point, it's like 11 o'clock at night. You think it's 7 o'clock or something because it's still broad, broad daylight, but it's actually 11 o'clock. Well, yeah. And I mean, so when we were down in Reykjavik, the sun did set, but it never got dark. And then by the time we got up to Siglo and Akureyri, like that sun didn't even set. Like the sun basically bounced off of the horizon and That's then just exactly what it did. yeah it didn't it did not dip below the horizon the sun stayed entirely intact which is remember, really uncomfortable i remember checking the you know you check the sunrise sunset times yeah yeah it's just 12 it's sunset sunrise and in Reykjavik it said sunset was at 11 42 and sunrise was at 1 30 remember that and so we, we actually thought Siglo, it was going to get dark checked. no but we checked in Siglo what it was and it said 12 a.m 12 a.m yeah and so then we thought, when oh, we're okay. on the golf course when we're on the golf course it's the first time i've ever seen the sun you've said it exactly right it bounced off the horizon and came back up. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even drop it's like that game brick breaker and the yeah. earth was like the thing <laughs> yeah pong it was like yeah. pong pong yeah. pong Every day. Yeah, and I remember, I remember like, like that drive was especially messed up because we had taken forever. Like, I think we didn't leave Broucherholt until like 5 p.m. or something like that, you know, like, because it was just such a beautiful day and the, the, we were so hungry and, you know, I don't know. So we finally leave and I remember that moment where it got, the sun got down to the lowest point and we were all just kind of like, we had this like weird look in our eyes because like the sun is like, it's kind of telling you like, hey, bro, are you all right? Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, when you're like really hammered and your friend's like, bro, are you all right? Do we need to go home? That was what the sun was doing to everyone in Iceland in that moment. Like, go to bed, bro. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to be out? And we, were the, and we were like that, that one friend that doesn't want to miss out on anything. So we're just going, honestly, man, I'm fine. I'll just sit down for five minutes and I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm so fine. Even though this is the first time I've ever experienced this, I didn't sleep at all last night. I'm fine. And like the sun too, it's like when it gets to that like height and it's like right down there, like super low on the horizon, it's definitely, you're not, you're, you're used to that being 10 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. You're not used to, cause not only is it go down and then come back up, it. So now the sun is up for 24 hours, right? So normally when it sets, it's coming down at twice the speed of now because now it's coming down super slow. So it's like sunset for like seven hours. You feel like 
your watch is broken in your body. You know what I mean? You're just like, how is that possible? How is that possible? It can't be, it can't be. And then when it finally gets to its lowest point, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it. The, the intensity of the light itself, just finding its way into every nook and cranny of your eyeball, right? I mean, glasses don't help you at that point because the sun is just like, it's, it's really, really hard to describe that experience to someone if you haven't been at it. Just try and picture yourself at midnight and you're in your kitchen, you like wake up to go to the bathroom or something and it's broad daylight outside. How would that make you feel? Uncomfortable. And you know you should, and you know you should be sleeping. Yeah. But you can't because you <laughs> yeah. can be out golfing. Or like, yeah, especially the worst is like for a golfer or someone who likes to take photos because both of those, you're like, oh, the light is so pretty. Yeah, the entire time. I remember getting, when we eventually get to Seaglow and um, was it Henrik? Who was the boy that worked behind the counter? Uh, I think it was Victor. Victor. Oh, we got it. Well done. Thank you. Victor, that's what it was. Um, and I remember after he had somehow, I think he went into the kitchen and turned the fryers on to put some fries on for us. Yeah. And then we were, again, we were all going to go to bed. And um, he said, there's a golf course two minutes away. And we were like. <laughs> yeah, he said, are you going to play golf right now? And we were like. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we, we I, did, can we? Someone to, I can phone someone to come and post you. Yeah, and, and we were like, phoned, who? Uh, and he phoned, uh, I want to say, Johan. Yeah, yeah that, that was his name. Yeah, Johan came out. And, and he drove he us. literally was, his job when he was there was to entertain guests of the hotel. 20, he, was, he was an on-call golfer. Yeah. <laughs> and what's really cool is um, we, uh, we, we played golf with him. He brought a coffee and um, we, we went over the river and we went through the woods and I made that joke. And then I said, Johan, you don't live with your grandmother by any chance, do you? And he said, I do. And then I thought, wow, it's too much <laughs> over the river through the woods. To be on this house, we go. I mean, that was just too, I couldn't, that was like, okay, now this is not real. <laughs> this, that is just one too many things. <laughs> oh, honestly. We got to the I hotel think- at Seaglow. I mean, paint the hotel photos, dude. This place is, there's a lot of great hotels in the world. I've seen some of them. This one is not one of them but I'll take it nine times out of 10. Oh, without doubt. The, out, the outdoor hot tub is at the entrance. So it just teases you. Before you've even dropped your bags off, you want to be in that hot tub. And it's not, it's, it is hot. It's hot and freezing cold outside. So you get, and then the back end of the hotel is on right, it's, like, it's almost on the pier, isn't it? Yeah, and then you're and right in the marina where the boats are going out, all the fishermen are going out. They're leaving at four o'clock in the morning. You're sitting there having a coffee, whatever, and you're just watching all these fishermen leave the docks. And you're, oh. you're surrounded by mountains. It's just, it just the whole the whole thing just doesn't feel real. Yeah, 
Yeah, and remember, this is not like a hot tub like in Cabo or like America. This is basically like a slate box cut into the like entrance of the hotel with just like hot spring, like just hot ass water, no bubbles. And like like Stuart said, you're like kind of in this marina of like beautiful boats, snow capped mountains, again, sun, orange sun, like finding its way in under your eyelids. And you're just like, what has happened to the man that I referred to as Eric when I entered this country two days ago? It's so interesting. It's just so interesting. And that, again, that, that was, you know, Iceland had, I think one of the reasons why Iceland was so special for us is because it had a, a high concentration of those moments that we talked about in the beginning, like of just feeling extraordinarily close to maybe being the most alive you've ever been. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. I don't think I've ever spent a week in a place that's affected me as much as Iceland, maybe Nepal for different reasons, but I just thought I was so, so bummed that we had to leave <laughs> when it was just, but also like my body was so relieved, I'm sure. But um, yeah, we the had experiences to, we had that we had there, the fact that it was over two years ago now, and I can still remember it all, minus everyone's name because I'm terrible. With names. <laughs> I got the I can name. Still remember all the ex- all the experiences like they happened yesterday, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was. And talk talking about it as a as a golf destination. If yeah. you're thinking of a golf destination, like it's, name a better one, almost. Well, to be fair, it's it's a golf destination, but you have to you have to be willing to do some work. Like you have to fill in some gaps. Um, it's not a golf destination for someone who's like, I just, I'm thinking pebble or Bandon. It's like, no, no, don't go to Iceland. You'll be, oh, yeah. you'll be just upside down. It's a golf destination for someone who's like, you know, I love traveling and I've wanted to travel and play golf. That, that is, it's more about, do you love traveling in the way, you know, like, do, like have you been to Japan? Do you, do you like being uncomfortable? You know, yeah, yeah. It's new. It's definitely new experiences. You're right. It's not a band, not, or even even a Scotland to an extent. It's uh, if you want to experience a completely different culture that you've never really experienced before in your life, and you also love golf. Yeah, then that would definitely be almost top of your list. I think. Well, I tell you what. I think we've done. I think we've done pretty good encapsulating the first two. Um, entries into this, so day one and day two. Why don't we? Why don't we um, reconvene, Stu, like in a week, and we'll do the Adventures in Golf episode, off roading with the Tahoe, and, and uh, oh my, yeah. I forgot you know? about that. Yeah, and then yeah. we have uh, we we and then we have actually the playing of Sea Glow is enough of a story, and then we can do the shooting of the Adventures in Golf, and we can just we can just shoot another one of these, and then. Um, That'll be good because we've been going for like an hour. So, you know, we don't want to be crazy. You know what you can do, folks, if you're watching this and you have some questions for our follow-up, um, just post them down. If you go to YouTube, this will be a video on YouTube. Post some comments down below. We will respond to those. Uh, any questions there? You can also post a comment on the article itself on randomgolfclub.com. And um, yeah, we'll just make this into a conversation. So Stu and I will be back and we'll, uh, you know, finish up the story of, shooting the adventures in golf, the behind the scenes there. And, um, 
playing a little more golf in Iceland and our wild last night, which we didn't really, we kind of got into detail. I feel like we could remember a little more, but um, thanks to her for joining me. And um, I'm just so excited to share this, the finally the Iceland blog. So if you're listening to this, make sure you head over to um, the website's the best place to check out the videos these days. Um, so check it out. We're really proud of it, obviously. And, and it's almost a time capsule now. So thanks everybody. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>